Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, uh, joined as always by Matthew Chandler. Uh, we got a, a pretty, you know, not, not as jam-packed as we normally do, Matthew, but uh, a good episode with uh, things to talk about. So uh, uh, we'll get right into that. But before that, uh, how are you doing today, Matthew? Yeah, I'm okay. It's quite good. I think that we've had a few days to digest um, what we're going to talk about mostly because I think how we've done it you know, immediately after or maybe even the day after uh, Everton played Burnley, I think would have been a lot more sort of bile spewed, maybe spewed, um, but kind of calmed down now and ready to kind of <laughs> dissect it more with a more sort of sober head, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. Obviously not the, uh, not the result we were looking for in this one, Burnley uh, defeating Everton two to one. There was one change from the Chelsea defeat. It was just Davies in for Sigurdsson. Um, the scores in this one, Wood scored in the 13th minute, McNeil in the 24th minute, and then Calvert-Lewin uh, added a goal for Everton in the 32nd, and then there was no more goal, goal scoring after that. Um, it was another home defeat. Only, uh, bottom five ha- only the bottom five have worse home records than Everton at this point. Matthew, was this the same old story at Goodison for this year? Yeah, pretty much. I think, um, like I said, it's hard to distinguish, I think, between this game too much and the, the Newcastle defeat, the Fulham defeat, the Leeds defeat um, in November. Maybe maybe even the Southampton game. I know we won, but, um, you know, I, it's weird. It, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because you, you think the, the lack of crowd obviously takes a lot away. But it's like Everton kind of flips the form back on its head this season because we normally kind of wipe the floor with these sort of mid-table teams, at least at Goodison, and then come and stuck into the better teams, which seems to be the reverse this season. And I think probably the COVID situation and the impact that's had has a lot to do to do with it. But I think that kind of lets players off too easily, just using that as a as, as, an, as a you know, the sole reason, because mm-hmm. Everton was so passive again, so one-dimensional again, um, and it just, I never felt, even watching that second half, as much as Everton kind of dictated possession, I never really felt as if Everton were going to break Burnley down. I didn't feel Burnley looked particularly ill at ease with, with dealing with whatever we threw at them. Yeah. To be honest, they, yeah. could have, they could have won by more, really, couldn't they, Burnley? they had in that second half as well. So um it just feels like we're making the same mistakes over and over again. Um and what's annoying is that it's gonna cost us, I think, at the end of the season. Um I think we'll look back on these games and think these are the ones which will be the reason why we didn't get Champions League or maybe even Europa League now. Yeah, no absolutely I uh I think in this one, it was just, like you said, it was, it was very passive. You know, it, it just, it felt the times where we were inviting pressure from Burnley and, and, and not when it should be the other way around, when it should be, you know, us, you know, being on the attack and, and on the front foot. Um, it was, yeah, it was definitely a disappointing performance. And, and, and like you said, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's just the Everton way for these things to come back and haunt us at the end of the season, especially in the position we're in right now. Uh, you know that at the end of the season, those losses are going to to play a 
um, a huge factor into whether we see Europe or, or not. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, that's why it makes it all the more frustrating. Uh, you know, and again, we, another player we missed uh, or that was missing in the, in the lineup and in, even in, on, the, on the team sheet this week, um, Ducore. Uh, safe to say that we missed him in the middle of the field, Matthew? Yeah, because I just there wasn't like the that sort of tenacity in midfield. I think Decorey gives us. I think Alan tried, but I think you can tell that he's not fully up to speed yet from his injury, um, which is understandable considering how long he was out for. But Tom Davies was was um, maybe handicapped by not playing where he's where he's been best. Recently, I think he didn't. He didn't seem to really play the base of that midfield, which I think suits him better than it does Allen. Um, and also, really, we don't have anyone really that can unlock defenses either. I mean, Allen and Tom Davies are not those kind of players, really. But I thought Gomez was particularly just kind of slumberous in that midfield. I know it's kind of very in vogue to to criticise it will be, um, so I don't really want to go overboard on that. Um, because it feels like an easy kind of shot to take, but I'd, I struggle. I struggle with the Wobi because he he you know makes kind of veiled digs about not playing his favorite position. Then you know whether or not playing a more central role is his favorite position. I don't know, but he didn't. I don't think he did enough to convince there. Um, I don't think he was as bad maybe as people make out, but yeah. We just lack creativity, and even Sigurdsson, as much as he gets criticism, gives us more of that. You've seen that recently with the assists that he's put on for Richarlison or mm-hmm. the goals that he's got, um, even just from the penalty spot. Yeah. Um, we don't have a substitute for that, and certainly not when Rodriguez is injured either. So I think really what we're just seeing is the, again, just the kind of threadbare nature of the squad, because Corey's great. Rodriguez is great, Allen is great, and if Godfrey have been great, they've all all the summer signings have been great. But I think we see when you strip them away, there isn't a, not a lot left underneath them. I think that'll be the challenge, obviously, this summer. Um, but I just I feel like we've got to try something maybe different now because I feel like playing these four midfielders has had you know mixed success. Didn't work on Saturday. Because Burnley figured it out. Didn't work at Chelsea, where we just beaten by the better team. Yeah, just about worked against Southampton and and uh, West Brom. I think the only real game it's, it's really truly clicked probably the Anfield derby. And even that was slightly different because we played more of a back five almost that same. And um, we had Hamas Rodriguez playing, and and um, you know I think obviously the, the Anfield derby is really special kind of game as well just don't think it's really clicked and I think we need to find I don't know what it, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is but I think we need to find another answer because um, there are more games like Burnley coming up for us now we've got Palace and Brighton after the international break um, and I think if we repeat the same mistakes we'll probably repeat the same results so um yeah, we missed Decore, but I think that just it just shows you again how how overworked he's been that because we, we don't have anyone really in his mould. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you definitely missed Decore in this one. Um, you know, his energy going up and down the pitch, uh, just kind of his, you know, just everything he does was, was really missed in this. And I feel like he would help to kind of get Everton back in the front foot. And sometimes where they're inviting more pressure uh, from, from Burnley, but um, he's going to be out for a while. So you're right. We need to find a, a solution and, and these games coming up are going to be extremely, extremely important. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Everton handle this. Um, you know, how, how, how uh, Carlo Ancelotti um, wants to line up, but you know, he's not going to be the only one that, that could be missed. Um, Pickford obviously was injured on, um, on the weekend as well. Were you, are you worried about this injury, Matthew? Is this something that you can see being some, something that keeps him out for a while? It's annoying that it's a reoccur- it seems like a reoccurrence of the one that he got um, in January. Yeah. Um, that would worry me because um, I hope he's not aggravated it. Um, I would be surprised if he plays against Man City just because of what the news that's come out of the club seems like. He seems as if he is unlikely to play for England um, in, in the international breach. That would obviously mean that he's unlikely to play on Saturday. Um, I thought Pickford was all right before he got injured. Don't really attach any blame to him for the two goals, I think. Uh, Wood is slack defending, and then Niels is uh, a very good finish, but he gets, to, he gets allowed to turn too easily from Allen, who I think. Doesn't really cover himself in glory there. Um, am I worried? Yeah, a bit because Pig was obviously improved lately. Um, Java Junior I thought was actually quite good when he came on, um, apart from that one mix up he had with Ben Goffrey. But you're asking a lot of any kid to, um, to come in in that kind of game um, next week, uh, let alone you know someone who's getting experience this year. So I think if Olsen comes back, you know, obviously you'd be more comforted by Olsen being in goal because I think Olsen, for the most part, has done all right. Not been brilliant, but he's done all right. Um, but it's just a shame for Pickford because it feels like he was really hitting his stride and then this has come back to bite him. So um, I don't think he lost us the game, though. So I don't think. We can't atta- I, don't think I wouldn't attach any blame to him for this one. It's just frustrating. Yeah. It's kind of hit the buffers again after. Good run of form that he had. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. It is um, obviously frustrating because he was just starting to really pick things up. He was playing really well, and um, you know, uh, it's you know, it's just it, it seems like it's just happened at, at a terrible time. Not not that injuries are good at any time, um, but but for this one, um, you know, for and, and for Everton, it's it's a struggle. But um, I thought, yeah, I thought Virginia played pretty well. Um, like you said, it was it's a tall task to ask any kid of his age to make his Premier League debut um, in a situation like that, um, and and you know who knows what will happen uh, when we do face Man City, but we'll get to that. Um, but I, I thought he played pretty well. But Pickford will be a miss. He was playing really well, and it seemed like the the, the defense and him were clicking um, uh, at least a little bit um, uh, more than than usual. Um, or, or than we were used to before this year. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on the injury news to see, see what the deal is with him. Uh, anybody else that you, uh, you know, particularly found, you know, poor in this one, Matthew? 
Um, well, I kind of, I don't think it's particularly poor because of the circumstances, but I think, I think we should, we should kind of saw again, I guess, why Mason Holgate isn't a right back because I just don't think he has enough in his game going forward. That's mm. not his fault because he's admitted the preferred centre back. Quite obvious that he's a better centre back than a right back. Yeah. Um, but that that feels like something that you need to address maybe more sooner than in the summer. It feels like maybe now. You know, can you put Holgate in midfield maybe and beef up the midfield? Account for Decorey's absence or Godfrey, and then put Holgate centre back, and maybe bring Shabas Coleman in, or maybe you know when Yeri Mean is back, which will hope, which you know might be this week. Because you put Holgate in midfield and uh, Godfrey to right back and Mina in centre back, because I, I think our best central defensive partnership looks to be Mina and Keane, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, Holgate. I mean. Interesting to know what you think of Holgate because I I kind of have a lot of sympathy for him because I think he gets a lot of flack at times. Other times, like the Fulham game, doesn't cover himself in glory, but I think it's quite harsh to single out a player or read too much into the performances of a player who's so evidently not playing his in his best position. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, I mean, Holgate obviously is not um, at least in 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 Carlo or. What we hope to do with with the outside backs, you know, I guess overlapping on the outside, like like Dean does, Holgate does not fit that build. Um, <clears throat> but you know, you can, like you said, you can't blame him for that. It's he's just filling in a position and, and doing what he's asked, and, and which is obviously uh, respectable of him, and, and and obviously a good thing. But um, you know, there's an obvious lack at right back. Um, obviously, Sheamus has had his moments this season, um, but he is not the right back of the future and, and, and really has taken a step back since really the first few games of the season. Um, so it'll be, you know, it's, again, you can't blame Holgate for, for, you know, really looking out of position when he is playing out of position. Um, but you're right. It might be time to try something different here as we, as we try and um, figure out how to, you know, put together this team with all the injuries and whatnot. Yeah, and I I think I know Godfrey's done really well there. Maybe Godfrey's the exception. Um, although maybe some people think that Godfrey is more naturally a fullback than a centre back. I don't know, but I always think that playing centre playing fullback is such a kind of specialist position mm. that just kind of pigeonholing a centre back in there doesn't really work. And I'm not. Not really blaming Ancelotti so much because I don't think he has a lot of alternatives there. But I just think I, I think you very rarely see somebody who is as good at playing central defence as they are playing fullback. It's just not. Yeah, yeah. It's just completely different skill sets. You can't can't really marry the two together. I think we've seen that with Holgate. I think defensively, most of the time he's been all right there. I think I just think going forward, which you need more of. In these games, like you get from Luca Dean, for example, going forward, he just doesn't have that sort of um, skill set. And again, I'm not blaming him because he's not—he's clearly not—he's clearly not built for that kind of game. So I think he's a very good defender and a good centre back. Yeah. Um, so I feel a bit harsh laying too much blame on him. Um, Andre Gomez, like I said, I thought was. Um, particularly bad in this game. And I think 
I think probably see why long term. I don't think Gomez will be a, a regular forever because I just think he slows the play down. I think he, he looks. Yeah, I, I think the best midfielders kind of already know what they want to do before they get the ball. Like you know, while they so before a pass is played to them, I think they already they're already looking to see where to play the pass or where to run with the ball. I think Gomez is more reactive than proactive. You know what I mean? I just don't think he. Mm-hmm. I think physically he's not quick enough. I think mentally he's probably not quick enough either. Um, and he does have good games uh, for us where you can kind of either slow the game down for winning or, you know, pick key passes. Because he has got quite a good, you know, a nice passing range um, at times. You know, he can play some lovely through balls, but I just think, especially if you're, you know, if you t- if you when you, he, he, I think, misses Decorey more than most because Decorey does so much of the leg, the leg work. I think without him, Gomez looks more exposed. And um, yeah, I just wasn't impressed at all by Gomez. Um, what did you th- What did you think of the front two on on one, on Saturday? Because again, I've seen people kind of not criticise Dominic Calvert Lewin or Charleston much, yeah. more just kind of feel very underwhelmed by their performances and how isolated they looked. I felt that's kind of maybe fair, but also kind of a product of the lack of service they got to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I said in the, the Slack chat um, <clears throat> that I felt that, you know, there were some, some misses that Calvert-Lewin had that he probably could have finished off that, you know, um, I guess I was a little disappointed with in that second half, but, um, and yeah, I think it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to blame the front two when they're not getting the service that it, it, it's just, it's hard to blame them when the service just isn't good or, or they're not getting any service at all. You know, it's, there's only so much that they can do up top there and, and yes, they can play off each other and having Richarlison and, and, and Calvert-Lewin up top together definitely helps in that sense with, you know, Calvert-Lewin kind of, you know, nodding balls on to, on Richarlison, but you know, there's only so much you can blame them for when, when the service isn't there. But again, I did feel like Dominic Calvert-Lewin did get some balls in, in, in the middle of the box there that he probably could have put away that he didn't. So, um, you know, maybe there is some, some blame there, yeah. but, but other than that, I felt, um, you know, the service is, is just not there. Well, there was a, there was a chance in the second half, wasn't there? Where was it header? I think we should have buried it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, delivery just wasn't really there, and I think that was one of Luca, Luca Dean's biggest um, offences on Saturday as well. I thought his his, uh, his corners, especially, were, were really poor. Um, and also, it was the same, I think, with Coleman when he came on, because Coleman, I think, there was one there was one moment where someone played him through down the right, and he made a good run, and he got in behind. And he just wanted him to kind of drill the cross in with, with pace and venom. And it just kind of a floated cross, which I think Burnley would... I, th- I always think it makes it so much easier to defend if you float across because um, as good as Dominic Calvert-Lewin is in the air, especially, I just think it's so much easier to defend because you can, you can just try to reply to the ball and, and it's not coming at you as quickly, so you've got longer to think about what you're going to do, I guess. Um, I think that's... The weak part of Coleman's game now, which he probably won't get back because of his age. Um, 
so yeah i mean front two pretty uh non-existent for much of the game i know calvert score and it's good finish good cross from davies but i think you've also got to look as much about the service or lack of service as well uh, if you're going to appraise their game yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um Matthew, you wrote something on on kind of the the perspective to have after after this latest yeah. defeat. You want to just talk about uh, kind of what you were you were writing about in this article and and kind of what your um, kind of thought process is here after this this latest yeah. article. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's quite hard. I find it quite hard to write about because I feel like I've written about the same game, you know, three or four times already in the last few months. So I just think, I mean, firstly, I don't get as wound up by these games anyway now because they're behind closed doors and I'm watching them, you know, on my couch, you know. So it's not, I don't have the same kind of level of emotional investment as maybe I would do if it was a good thing. But, and also, like I said, I feel like that factor accounts at least partly for why I keep playing so badly at home. But also, I just think, you know, we finished 12th last season and we were 18th when Silver was sacked uh, 15 months ago. So I know there's been loads of caveats thrown in by COVID as well, but I just think how much better could you have expected from a team that finished 12th than 6th or 7th? I think it was 7th now because Liverpool won last night, but with a game in hand, five points off Chelsea and 4th with a game in hand. I think you've got to be realistic. I'm not excusing the result of the performance against Saturday or against Fulham or Newcastle or Leeds or whoever because they're all, you know, equally dire as each other for me. Um, and that doesn't let Everton off the hook. But, we've, you know, we've won half our league games. And I also think, I think the move generally would be more upbeat had we won the games that we should win, like Saturday, and lost more of the games that we should lose, like Anfield or... Leicester away or Tottenham or, or you know, lost at United having been 2-0 down. I think if, if it was the other way around and, and we kind of stuck more to type, then people would probably be more level-headed. I think it probably feels more of a missed opportunity because because of that really that we've won unexpected games and, and lost unexpected defeats, you know. So, overall, I just think, you know, just... Yeah. I just think it's, it makes more sense than it makes more sense to look at like the bigger picture than to to place a couple of defeats under the microscope. And I think when you look at that, you think you were still only what 55, 56 games in 2020's tenure anyway. So how much, how far down the down the road do you expect this to be in our development? I think six or seven is about where we should be with the squad that we've got, um, and. I think we should lose sight of the fact that we are improving, even if even if it, it doesn't feel like it after Saturday. And I think the reason why, you know, the reason why people made such a fuss about Leicester winning the league was because they went from four, because they went from fourteenth to champions is is because it doesn't happen. Right? It just never otherwise it never happens, that sort of thing anymore in football. So you know, we're never gonna realistically challenge for the league a year after finishing 12. They were never really, I don't think, ever going to realistically challenge for the Champions League a year after finishing 12. So I just think you've got to bear, keep all those things in mind when 
judging Everton at the moment because yes, the home defeats are not excusable and, and maybe hard to bear and, and terrible to watch, but you know, we are still up there. It's not like the season the season's not over. We've still got a lot to play for. There's still a lot of hope in our season, I think. So I just think it's too easy to be reactionary and carried away. And I was kind of trying to look at it with a more level headed point of view, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's easy to, you know, with everything that's happened this season, it's easy to look at these defeats and say, Oh man, like what could have been, what could have been, but um <clears throat> excuse me. Um it's it's you know when you when you look at everything in the grand scheme of things, if we win those games and lose the games we probably should have lost or or, or draw those games and, and then we're probably looking at the same position and and that's you know obviously um, you know it's just the way things have happened and how good we've looked say away from home or um, or or against some of the top sides um, it's 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 frustrating as an Everton fan to see all that um, but. It's, it's, you know, I think it's realistic to expect us to be in the position we're in right now. And, um, you know, I, I think still, you know, there is expectations now. And, and, and you just, you know, it, it, you still think of what could have been. And, 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 you know, if we beat the Burnleys and the Newcastles along with this. But it shows that there's still a lot of work to be done. And, and, and Ancelotti has a lot of work to do this summer to, to build the squad up even more and, and hopefully get them ready for, for what hopefully will be a, a season with, with Europe, but we'll yeah. see how. But also I think, I think it's not a mental problem. I think it's more just a personnel problem. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we have, like I said, I don't think our away form will be as good as it has been this season when crowds are back. Yeah. But I think it'll probably still be better than before COVID. Um, I think, like, mentally, we're probably stronger. I just think, I think we don't, I think we have the players, maybe, weirdly, I think the squad and the way we play is probably better suited to playing better teams because we're mm-hmm. quite good at just sitting deep and, and clearing balls and tackling and throwing our bodies mm-hmm. online and then breaking with the, with the pace we've got in the, in the attack and the sort of clinical finishes we've got. I think that suits us more than trying to impose our own game on the other team and, and take the game to them. Yeah, I don't think we've got the players for that because I don't think we've got enough players that can kind of unlock a defence or, you know, dribble through a defence or, you know, just, just carve a team open that's sitting deep and, and compact. I think Hammers Rodriguez obviously is great at that, but, you know, he's injury prone. Kilby Sigerson is okay at that. Um, Luca Dean is, is good at that, but he's obviously coming from a deeper position. And he's so, you know, his, his job is as much about defending as attacking. So I think we I think we lack a lot of creativity, and I think that's that's shown in these home games. And again, that just speaks to the still kind of early stage we're at in our development under Ancelotti. I think either these players will get better or he'll buy better players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um just looking at uh Pete's five telling stats here. Um, and, you know, obviously Everton have, have now lost seven of their last 11 home league games, uh, which is, is, is not, uh, you know, usual for Everton. Normally we're winning those games at home. Um, also, the second half comebacks have been um, very hard to come by. And by very hard to come by, I mean Everton haven't won a game. They were losing in halftime since September of 2015. So it's, uh, 
you know, they're not likely they're not, they're not likely to win the game, and they're very unlikely to to even grab a point. Um, so um, it, it, that's obviously an issue too. But uh, again, that that also has to do with the players probably coming off the bench and people we can. Yeah. In there. We have got more points coming from behind under Ancelotti than we did under previous managers, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that is getting it's getting better. We're also, we also I think are. I know he doesn't look at it sometimes, but I think we are a better defensive team now because I don't really worry about us from corners anymore. Um, I think we we look we keep more clean sheets now than we used to do. So I think obviously you've got to not keep a clean sheet to go behind. So I think that's part of it. But I take Pete's point in his stat yeah. that it's pretty telling, pretty damning that we're so wretched at coming from behind. Yeah. Even even against the bad sides, um, Ever- Everton have now also lost six of the eleven games they've had more of the ball this season. Uh, so the possession game not exactly working out, um, or it's not exactly playing the way uh, maybe we would like right now. Um, Burnley uh, won the ball in Everton's half twenty times in the first half, um, and then of course another header for for DCL inside the six yard box. So. Um, that's I think that I think wraps it up for for Burnley. Anything else you want to add, Matthew? No, just I look forward to talking about this game again next time I can play at home. It's yeah. a Palace game probably. I think we can kind of Man City is a different kind of game, but uh, yeah, Crystal Palace in a few weeks should be fun to talk about again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, um, and we'll come back uh, right after this to talk about the Man City quarterfinal. All right, we're back and talking Man City quarterfinal. Obviously, Everton taking on on City in the FA Cup um, quarters uh, this Saturday, March 20th at 5.30 p.m. over in England, 1.30 p.m. over here on the East Coast. Um, City obviously have been phenomenal of recent um, of recent games. They're, they're currently top on 71 points, 14 clear of United who are in second. They've won 23 of their last 24 games in all competitions. Uh, their last game, they won 3-0 over Fulham on Saturday. And the last meeting between these two teams, Everton and Man City, uh, City won 3-1 back in February. Um, let's start here, Matthew. Any changes? Who are you expecting for goalkeeper? I don't, I don't know because I don't know how Olsen is. Um, I think Olsen will play if he's fit. I think Virginia will play if he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's simple as that, really. Yeah. I don't think Pickford's going to play. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would worry about Virginia against any team just because of his inexperience, not because he's played badly. But like I said, I thought, apart from that one mix-up with Godfrey, I thought he did well when he came on. I thought he made some good saves. Um, nothing really to worry me. I mean, he's obviously going to be... Yeah. You know, nervous because he's making his Everton debut against a, a very young, inexperienced goalkeeper. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I, I think Mino would. I'd play Mino if he's fit, and probably move Godfrey to right back and Holgate in midfield. Or no, I, no, I would stick with Holgate at right back. I was, sorry, I'd stick with Godfrey at right back. I was going to play say Coleman, but I think for this kind of game. 
think we're going to have to do a lot more defending than attacking, so I think it makes sense to um, stick with Godfrey over Coleman, because I think Godfrey's a better defender than Coleman. So yeah, I'd go probably Alston in goal, who's first, if not Virginia, uh, Luca Dean and Godfrey at full-backs, and then Michael Keane and Mina. If Mina's fit, if Mina's not fit, probably Godfrey at centre-back and Coleman right-back. Yeah. Um, and then... I don't know. Probably Davies, Allen. It's really, it's really hard, isn't it? <laughs> You're trying to pick like the least worst options. You probably have to play Gomez again, even though I don't think he was particularly good on Saturday, just because who else have we got? Um, Hamza Rodriguez. I don't think he's going to play because Ancelotti said he was going to probably give him until after the international break to recover. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't know with this one, mate. I'm really, really <laughs> I think probably Sigerson will start. I think Sigerson will probably come in, but then can't play, I don't think Sigerson is, is particularly good in that deep role. So I think probably be Gomez. I think the one that probably drop out actually is a will be because I think he hasn't done he hasn't done enough. He's done less than Gomez even, and uh, Sigerson is a better fit for that number ten position. Yeah, will be. And I think front two kind of pick themselves. Um, yeah. You know whether or not you can move back to that four-three-three now. You know I don't know. You probably have to play Josh King on, on one of the wings with Richards on the other. Yeah. Josh King hasn't really convinced me with any of his performance. I don't think he's been. I don't think he's looked fit, but I don't think he's not really convinced me. Um. And then you look in that midfield. You're probably looking at Allen, Sigurdsson, Davies. Maybe. I don't know. What would yours be? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell with all these injuries, right? But I mean, obviously the front two pick, pick themselves if he's going to go with the front two. Um, I, I agree with you on Josh King. He hasn't really impressed, um, so far, but again, you know, who knows if he's fit or fully fit or fully ready, uh, to be out there. Um, I kind of expect Jow Virginia to be a net, um, due to lack of options, because I don't think Olsen or Pickford will probably be fit for this one. Um, I mean, he did say also was training last week, which as I was kind of surprised that he didn't make the bench against Burnley. But yeah, um, um, we'll I guess I guess it's a good thing that he didn't though, because if he was unfit going back in, then, um, yeah. that would have been <laughs> that, yeah. that might have been an issue. Um, uh, I, I think they probably go with the four, maybe go with the four in the back, the the four center backs in the back. I mean, what, push Luca Dean forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's been the the recipe for Ancelotti in these games against the top six. Well, he did that against Man City in the league, didn't he? Yeah, but again, we don't have you know three or four of the players we've we had back then either. So um, it, it's kind of hard to tell um, if he is going to play somebody on the right. I, I still think it's going to be a Wobie. I can't see Wobie in the ten. But um, but I, I think if he's going to play somebody on that right side, it'll probably be a will be just for the defensive um, help. But and then I don't know, Allen and Sigurdsson in the middle, maybe I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough to tell because um, you can't go on you know recent uh, you know recent lineups just because of how we've you know how many injuries we have now and 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 how different things have been for certain games and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see um, 
see see what happens there. Thoughts on City Matthew and 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 how, if any way, we can stop them. Um, I think you can stop them because they're not invincible as they showed against Man United, and I think the defense has looked a little bit more rupee. You know, can see the two against Southampton, two against Man United. Um, but Everton have pretty much got to be perfect on Saturday and hope that City are not because City plays their full potential, they'll win. Um, I do I do think this is a better time to play them in the Cup than, I said this before, but I do, I do think this is a better time to play them in the Cup than at Wembley. I know Goodison will be empty, but I just think the, the tighter pitch suits us um, than it would at Wembley. You know, on a, on a massive, you know, on a bigger turf like Wembley, I think Man City will benefit from that. But the kind of style of play they they play, um, and I just think maybe the only thing you'd say is it, it might suit Everton better had this been at Man City's ground because we're better away. But uh-huh. I don't know. I just I just feel. How do you stop them? I think I watched I watched Fulham on Saturday, and they I think did a did a pretty good job of nullifying Man City um, until they made some pretty stupid mistakes, individual mistakes after the break. Mm-hmm. So two things I would say that they did, which we shouldn't do, is not play a high line because I don't think we got the pace in, in defence to do that anyway. Yeah, um, and also not play out from the back. Which I think we saw, we we didn't we didn't do that against Liverpool, and it and it paid off because you're not just inviting pressure on yourself, you know, from the get go. You're at least giving yourself a moment to breathe by booting the ball downfield and hoping Everton can keep hold of it. I mean, you know, we've got an outlet in Calvert Lewin to keep hold of it. Yeah, I, I feel like also, I mean, obviously Liverpool's centre backs aren't aren't no centre backs, but I feel like even. Against Stones and I guess Diaz in the middle there, I feel like Dominic Calvert-Lewin probably has a good shot of of getting a few of those balls and nodding them on to Richarlison or nodding them back to like maybe Sigurdsson in the middle or whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I feel I agree. I feel like that's like a better route. Yeah, but I mean, essentially, like I said, you are relying on Man City having an off day because they will they will rip us to shreds if they are on form. So, um. I think I've probably got to put in a similar kind of performance they did against Chelsea in December, where they're happy to let City have a lot of the ball and just just sit off them and, and well not not sit off them but just just uh, sort of bunker against them and, and wait for their moment to break. Um, that feels like our sort of mo at the moment, especially against these kind of teams. So I'm yeah, not as yeah. pessimistic maybe as some people might be about this. I expect Everton will lose, obviously, but. <laughs> well, no, I mean you can't not, can you? I mean they're yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think the best thing to give us a better chance, you know, give Dominic Calvert Lewin something to aim for, something to to latch on to. Don't play into Man City's hands. Don't try and beat Man City at their own game because they'll just rip us apart. Um, play to our strengths, and. Hope because you know we will need luck to beat Man City as well. But um, you know, Man United did the job on them the other week. I think United are better than us, but I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think that means we can't. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be hard with with the injuries. It's you know, I, I again, I think Decore is 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 one of the bigger misses we've had this season. Yeah, obviously yeah. not having Hamas up there to kind of you know orchestrate some some through balls because as we've seen and as I you know I think a couple of people pointed out on Twitter without Hamas it's largely you know down the sides there's not much up through the middle especially when we don't play Sigurdsson in the middle there so it's it's you need somebody in there to, to kind of you know I guess mix it up and be less predictable down down the down the flanks um, and hopefully you know if they do play direct balls to Dominic Calvert-Lewin that also breaks it up but um, it, it's just, it's hard to see Everton beating the city side. If, if we didn't have the injuries and, and you asked me a couple weeks ago, I probably, you know, after the Liverpool win or whatever it was, I probably would have said, you know what, it, I, there's a shot, but you know, with some of the things that have happened since then, uh, that pessim that pes- pessimism starts to creep in again and, and it makes you think maybe, you know, <laughs> we still got a little ways to go. Well, do you think there's anything that we can learn from the the league defeat the other week to because I I felt like that game maybe felt a bit like a dress rehearsal for this game maybe yeah yeah turn no, out to see what you can no absolutely I, listen I, if there's anybody that's going to come out here and figure out how to do it with this group of people this group of players it's going to be Carlo Ancelotti. Like uh, uh, there's no manager that we've had that I would trust more to come out here and be prepared for whatever city's going to bring uh, in the FA in, in the quarterfinal. Um, it's just, it, it seems like a very tall task. Um, but Ancelotti will have definitely learned a lot from this, from the previous match. I think that even in the previous match, the one thing was that, you know, a lot of the goals we gave up there. I think there was one goal, maybe the third goal that wasn't a great goal, but the other two were, were, you know, difficult shots and, and things that, you know, it had to be inch perfect to get in the net. So, um, you know, it's, I think you can look at the, um, the United course of final as well in December. Yeah. Because again, similar kind of game course, course final against a better team than us. I wouldn't put United in the same bracket as Man City by any means, but they're still, I think, above us for a reason at the moment. And I felt like on that night, Evan just kind of froze and maybe... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they shouldn't be overawed by a, a cup quarter-final, but it, it certainly felt like that. And the way we started, we were so slow that night to get going. Um, and it cost us, ultimately. Um, yeah. Ancel- that's maybe more the mental side that Ancelotti needs to... to you know, help them steer clear of. Um, I think those two games will maybe act as cautionary tales, but ultimately, they will still need, like I said, a lot of luck because Man City are much better than us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, if you had to do a prediction for this, what do you think of Matthew? Two nil, two nil, Man City. I think I just can't. Like I said, you c- you can't back Everton, can you? No. no. Um, oh yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it might even be uh, maybe we get a goal, but I think it's probably still a two goal deficit. Maybe it's the same same result as we got back in February, three one city. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd seems... love a Gladys. I'd love a goal at Gladys Street. That would be nice, wouldn't it? You haven't <laughs> yeah. one of those for five months. Yeah, know? exactly. Or a, second, or a second half goal, whatever end that may be at. But yeah. um, we we just don't look good enough, I don't think, to, to to beat Man City. But like I said. I think we could certainly help our cause by not repeating the same mistakes we did 
in that previous game or the United quarterfinal. Um, yeah. So I crossed my fingers, but not expecting not expecting a miracle. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I don't think I don't think many of us are. I don't think many of us are uh, just based on recent form and and just kind of you know what's going on at the club right now in terms of injuries and whatnot. But we'll see how it all plays out. Um, you know, you never know. Obviously, any given any given day. So hopefully, Everton uh, bring bring the you know bring the good stuff this this weekend and 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 put up a good fight against City at least and 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 we'll see how that plays out. Um, anything else you want to add, Matthew? Before we wrap this up. I just hope we've just hope we've got better things to talk about next week. You know? <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, guys, uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, thank you for you know listening, and, and and we appreciate you subscribing and following. Make sure you guys keep doing that. Keep downloading these episodes each and every week. Uh, we appreciate the support, um, Matthew. Thank you as always. Thank you. And uh, to you guys out there again, thank you, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers.